Uh, there was wine. It yes. was consumed. Yes. It was good. There was also chocolate cake with my wine. Uh, I took LZ. I didn't do the cookies like LZ wanted me to do, but I did have chocolate cake as the birthday cake and uh, with a little Cabernet, and it was nice. I'm not going to lie. It was very, very nice. Uh, welcome into Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. Bruce Feldman's going to stop by in 10 minutes because the Pac-12 is going to be playing sports, it looks like. They have just cut a huge deal with a lab to get rapid testing, and sports in the Pac-12 could be on. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and the Athletic will have all the details for us here in a second. But first, it is Rockets Lakers. Woo! Let's go. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm How so excited, excited are you? I'm so excited because that team like straight trash last night. Yeah. So this is going to be easy for the Lakers. So it's, ah. fu it's funny you say that because 538 and, uh, you know, you and I have friends at 538. They, mm -hmm. uh, you know, are, uh, they're still part of the family, right? Because they're ABC, ABC now, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, they have the Rockets with a 65% chance to make the conference finals and uh, their opponent – your Los Angeles Lakers, mm -hmm. only 35%. They believe the Rockets' three-point shooting uh, will defeat the Lakers' size, or as Michael Thompson put it, the threes versus the trees. Well, here's the thing. So, as listeners know, I have covered politics for a number of years yes. and have had opportunities to spend some time with uh, Mr. Silver. Uh, you know, basically the brains behind 538. Nate Silver, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And um, it was quite lovely when I had an opportunity to sit there with him with all his great predictions about who was going to win various elections and watch none of that come true. So, as brilliant as he can be, it doesn't mean that every single thing that he says is perfect or right or as should be. So I will simply say this. Um, you can crunch all the numbers in the world but you can't crunch will. You can't crunch effort. You can't crunch heart. Those things aren't measurable, but they're visual. They're instinctive. And we know, after watching James Harden yet again, Harden all over himself for a game seven in a crucial situation, we know that we've seen LeBron James step up big in game seven. We have now seen Anthony Davis step up big in crunch time situations. And we know instinctively that when things get tight, we have two guys who have shown a propensity to come through, whereas the Houston Rockets are saddled with a guy who has shown a propensity to, to shy away. Yeah, well, and even yesterday, although he did have a great defensive play there at the end, and you heard Cassidy Hubbard ask him the question, uh, about the end of that game. And here's the thing about 538. They have two models, okay? They have a, a model called the Raptor, right? Like the Toronto Raptor. And then they have one called the ELO. Now, the ELO was their original forecast. And both like have... Yes, uh, ELO, not EMO. Oh. Um, but uh, he... <laughs> so ELO has a different forecast, has different metrics. So, for example, Raptor has the one I gave you where the Rockets are a 65% chance to win and the Lakers only 35% chance to win or get to the conference finals. Now, their other one, ELO, has a 68% chance for the Lakers and only a 32% chance for the Rockets. So either way, our boy Nate Silver is going to be right. It just depends on which model you want to look at. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm sure that you know all the people who are in love with statistics and analytics um, may find his revelations to be quite enlightening. But I just don't know any baller who looked at what happened last night, see who LeBron James is, recognize what AD is, and go, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that combination that they have up top is better than our combination. Because yes. that's where you need to start with the duos. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and I agree. And look, I just think ultimately that, look, do, do I think the Rockets have – the ability to win a couple games in the series? Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. They're going to get hot from three. Um, the Lakers shooting has not been ideal uh, all the time, right? So I think that there is, even in the regular season, I think the Lakers are ranked 21st, right? Like I'm talking about in the pre-bubble. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that now, granted, 21st is enough to keep you, 
to keep you basically at at bay, right? Because you have LeBron and AD, and that creates enough space where you have to respect it and defend it and allows those guys to kind of do their magic. But I, I do think the Rockets are capable of winning a couple games. Like, I, I, you think it's going to be easy. I happen to think that it's still going to be like Lakers in six. Like, I don't think it's going to be that bad easy. Well, I had Portland in six or uh, Portland losing in six. Correct. And I feel that the construction of the Portland Trailblazers was a greater threat than the construction of the Houston Rockets. So I'm just going to be consistent with that. If I thought that the combo of, you know, Dame with CJ and all the other talent that they had was going to stretch this out to six games, I'm certainly am not going to give a Houston Rocket team that I think doesn't have as much talent more opportunities to beat the Lakers, especially now because the Lakers appear to now be on, if you will, mm-hmm. and the Houston Rockets appear to be in disarray. You know, Russ is, is beat up. He looked beat up last night. Um, James Harden looks tired. Last right. two games, he's looked exhausted. Exhausted, yeah. And the way that the schedule is set up, where you don't get a great deal of days in between, um, it's hard for me to imagine that from last night that they're going to be able to bounce back and cause any trouble for a team that is well-rested and hungry and clicking like the Lakers are. Um, I, I just think that the math will work out in Houston's favor a couple of times. I think that this will be a little hairier than, than the Portland series because of that. Like, um, Again, they're just so radical in their approach. They don't play small ball. They play micro ball, right, where Robert Covington is playing center or P.J. Tucker, and their sole job is to get up 50 to 63s like, a, as a team. And that's – you know the math works in your favor. If you only, even if you're just shooting 35, 36 percent from three, you're going to be in pretty much every game. If that's the case, I mean, listen, I, I I get what the scheme is. I just don't think that the scheme is going to overcome the size. No, I agree. If, if Ultimately, Steven, yes. If, if Stephen Adams, yeah. dog, if Stephen Adams had any offensive skill whatsoever, they win last night easily. The fact that he was open so many times or being guarded by, like, you know, the smallest of defenders and they didn't even bother looking at him, they're not going to be able to do that with AD. They can't do that with with JaVale, and they can't do that with Dwight Howard because even though Dwight and JaVale may not necessarily be offensive juggernauts, they get the ball, they're comfortable with the ball in the paint, and they score. Right. Will this be one of those series, like – Anthony Davis definitely going to have to play center in this series, right? Like he's yeah. not going to he can't shy away from it now. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to play center for sure, but again, at the end of the day, you know, you can't teach size. So when Anthony Davis sits down, I don't think there's a problem having JaVel or Dwight Howard in there because oh, they they really? may not have the jump shot, but they're not going to be liabilities on the defensive end and picking and rolls. They can still move. Yeah, but I think they're going to be liabilities when all those guys are just spreading you out. Like, where are they, who are they going to guard? Who's going to guard them? I get it, but three is still more than two. If you make it. Right. you got to make them. Ma- but all you got to make them is at a 35% clip compared to 50 on the inside. Yeah, yeah but the Lakers shoot more than 50% on the inside. Do those two shoot more than 50% on the inside in a playoff series? Like, that's the question. You know what I mean? Like... Um, you know, maybe Dwight can. Um, I don't know how much I trust JaVale. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, Why don't you I, trust JaVale? He's the one out of the three that's got rings. They played on the Warriors, though. Like, you know. He started for the Warriors. I get it. Okay. But he also didn't play, you know, he played like the cursory, like, uh, minutes, basically. And that's what he's going to play here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to let you say, say bad things about JaVale. He's a vegan. He is vegan, yes. I do like JaVale. Not, that, not as much as you do, clearly, though. <laughs> I, I think that that's the case. I just think Lakers in six. Like, I just think this one will have some moments where we're going to be like, ah, oh, they're hitting threes. That's annoying. Now, I love the roller coaster ride of this. Um, Greg Bergman, you don't love this. Like, you don't love the anguish of it. Like, I love the wins, the losses, the roller coaster ride, the ups and downs. You only like the wins. Like, you don't think any of this is fun unless it, it comes with a win. Like, if the Lakers lose a game and they drop one, you will be, like, miserable where I'll be like, oh, this is now the series is getting good. I want to see a sweep. And oh, I'm not so going to be. Boring. 
I'm, I'm not, why is that boring? That's Maybe it's boring. boring for you. I don't like being angry after games, George. I don't want to <laughs> sit here and be upset because the Lakers just lost. That's ridiculous. I want to see them blow at the Rockets out by 25 points every single night, and I want to see them blow the Clippers out by 25 points, and then whoever they face in the finals, I want to see them blow out by 25 points every night because I want to see domination. That's why. Wow. Yeah, that's you don't, boring. Elsie? Sweep, boring sweep, sweep. That's you? boring. You want oh, the path no. of, of least resistance. That's boring. Uh, yeah, I want them to just show how dominant they are. It's not a problem. Yeah, I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of being in the fourth quarter and seeing LeBron James playing heavy minutes. Uh, right, L- Laura. Do you like a little? Um, you know. Okay, she's calling Bruce. So we're going to talk to Bruce Feldman here in a second. Um, I mean, come on. You don't like at least a little excitement? You guys are so that boring? You come know on. what's exciting, George? You want, to, you want to see what's exciting? What's exciting? Celebrating championships. Yeah. Confetti can, falling from I, the sky I, is exciting. I, Getting drunk as yes. your team's winning championships is yes. exciting. LZ, you can still have all of that and have the ups and What makes sports fun is the emotion, the emotional roller coaster of it all is what I'm saying. You could still have the championship ending, but it's I think it's more fulfilling and interesting and fun if you have have the roller coaster of wins and losses over the stretch of four seven game series this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's ask Bruce Feldman, who's here to talk to us about a lot of uh, other things, including what's going on with Pac-12 sports, uh, because there's some big news, and he's been uh, at the center of reporting it. Of course, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic, the best in the business at covering college uh, football. He joins us here, and of course, support journalism, support The Athletic. But Bruce, before we get to all the Pac-12 stuff, are you with me on this, that if your team has some ups and downs, right, like the emotional roller coaster of wins and losses over a seven-game series, uh, like whether it's baseball or basketball or even hockey, like isn't that more fun at the end? You can look back and go, oh, my God, I was so scared when they almost lost the series because of this. Like I just think the emotion of it is what makes sports great. Do you buy that, or are you with these guys who say, no, nah, I want my team to have the path of least resistance? Uh, you know, I could think about the old Moses alone fixers line. I mean, it's great if you're going to dominate and march your way through, but I do think you, you have more memorable stuff than just, than just cakewalk after cakewalk. Bruce, um, thank you. Bruce, who's going to forget winning a championship? You could still have both. Hey, let me have, let me have nuggets jazz and a back and forth between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. I'll take that anytime. I mean, I, I, again, I think I'm looking at it more as just an objective basketball fan than I am a diehard fan of one team that lives and dies by it. Right. So it's hard for me to, to look at it from another perspective. Uh, fair enough. Bruce Feldman is with us, as uh, you just heard right there, Fox Sports and The Athletic, the best in the business of covering college football. Uh, look, this news has just kind of come out in the last hour or so. For those that aren't familiar with what's happening with the Pac-12, Bruce, how would you best describe the news of the day? It's encouraging news. Uh, right, so here's what's basically happened, is the Pac-12 has partnered with a company that is able to ramp up testing and do it to the capacity where they would have daily testing and it would produce results within 15 minutes. And so uh, I was on a call today with the Pac-12 where Larry Scott described it as a game changer, and they're ta- talking about how this groundbreaking initiative will really make a big difference. Now, Let's temper that a little bit, though, with the fact that the biggest issues for the Pac-12 have been the testing efficiency was a real concern in the decision they made to, to postpone the football season. But also, and this is the part that came up with Larry Scott today, was there's still six teams in the conference that aren't able to practice right now due to local ordinances. There's obviously the two that are down here in Southern California. There's two in Northern California, and there's two in Oregon. So that's a, a much different, you know, thing to work around. But at least on this front, it's encouraging. And, and one of the things I heard in my reporting was that 
there are some teams who are actually using this, you know, rapid testing response, including uh, tomorrow, Texas State and, and SMU, who are playing this weekend, are going to use it tomorrow. But what's different with this is the Pac-12 uh, deal, as they've done with this company, they're the first ones who are really going to have daily testing. So that is very encouraging development. Uh, Bruce, my question is not necessarily about their abilities to test, but whether or not they have cover for liability issues. Like, say, a couple of their student-athletes not only contract the virus, but actually become ill by it to the point in which they develop, like, you know, pericarditis or something like that, or, or lung capacity is greatly depreciated. Um, are they guarded against that, or is that still something they need a waiver for? LZ, I'd be lying if I told you I knew legally what that is. My hunch is, from everything I've heard, is that they're still going to be in some legal peril there. And I think that's why you've seen the PAC-12 the PAC make its decision. I think that's really part of what's behind the Big Ten, which made its decision last month. I, I, you know, again, just being on some of these uh, calls, but also talking to people, the medical experts, the coaches in the conference, the ADs, and one of the things you heard from them is they just don't feel like they know enough information about this virus and how it impacts people. I mean, you can hear all this back and forth that goes on. A lot of it, quite honestly, has gotten politicized. Um, but one thing that came up on the call today was one of the, the Pac-12 medical experts was asked about myocarditis and the possible connection between that and, and covid and she had said, uh, Kim Harmon, she's a doctor from the University of Washington, had said that they have partnered with Harvard and they expect to have at least some results in a month or two. But right now they just don't have enough information. So I think I would not want to be an AD right now and I definitely would not want to be a college president because I think if it does happen, what you're talking about, and we're talking about... Uh, a big number of college football players, even if you're talking about only half the programs in FBS are playing right now, you're still talking close to, to 10,000 athletes. The chances of somebody having some serious issues with that, there, that has got to be a concern. And I think that from a legal liability standpoint is definitely in some folks' mind and as well as what a potential long-term effects could be. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic with us here on Sedano and LZ. Um, what is the timeline perhaps right like what are what is the expectation uh about potentially getting on the field if these rapid tests do work the way they expect them to that's all over the map right now larry scott was very hesitant to go too far into trying to put a timeline out we've seen all kinds of like wild speculation in terms of what the big 10 is talking about i mean my guess is I wouldn't expect something in the next few weeks just because right now, I mean, I, I think if you're USC or UCLA, you're just hoping that you can be cleared to be on the field to start practicing, uh, you know, at some point next month. And I'm not even talking about practicing for games. I'm just talking about where you can have more than 10 or 12 guys doing workout stuff. Like right now, that's where they're at. That's where the rest of, you know, half the conference is at. So even if, Everything was, was cleared. And look, I think the thing that would be of most importance is the cases have to keep going down. And so when you see some anecdotal evidence of, of some certain schools, I'm not just talking about in the Pac-12, but where there is outbreaks on campuses and whether you can say, okay, there's a lot of hospitalizations or not, but if the cases are still, still significant from a number standpoint, that's the stuff that gives people pause because... They are really trying to make sure that they can control outbreaks now. And so, look, we're, you know, and we're in uncharted waters with this. There's been one college football game that's been played. It was an FCS game. There'll be a couple more tonight. And so people see, well, there's a football game being played and there hasn't been a catastrophe yet. I think it's, I think it's premature to get too excited. I, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that this goes in this, goes in a positive direction. But I think right now, that is kind of clouded the timeline as they see between the science, the technology piece, and then just how the virus is dealing with. That's a lot of stuff for the medical experts to try to balance. 
Bruce, how does this potentially affect what the Big Ten is trying to do? Um, could there be some collaboration between the two conferences about getting sports back at the same time? There could be. I mean, Larry Scott talked about uh, having a lot of dialogue with his counterpart, Kevin Warren, who's the new commissioner in the Big Ten. I mean, quite honestly, the Big Ten seems to have botched this from a, a, uh, a PR standpoint in spectacular fashion right now, right? I mean, there has been... So much, I don't even know if, I, if it's fair to call it misinformation or disinformation or speculation that has come out of that. They never offered up really anywhere near specifics in terms of an explanation. And so I think you had a lot of infighting in the, in the Big Ten especially. And so I think whether they're on a schedule, we reported this uh, a few days ago that they were one of their models is to try to potentially start playing at the end of November after Thanksgiving weekend and maybe have a 10-week season. And there's other there's parts of it that say, okay, well, if you try to do that at, on that time frame, maybe the regular students will be off campus. It's about as close to a bubble format as colleges are probably going to get. It's certainly not going to be like the NBA or the WNBA. But that would be encouraging people, especially if, you know, the testing becomes more efficient and the case numbers drop. So... I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is encouraging, but I think right now it's like you almost like I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to the Big Ten just because they've been in circle the wagons mode and it's really been kind of bewildering to see how the conference has handled it. Bruce, you and I have known each other a long time, so I want you to be honest with me, okay, my friend? I got you, LZ. Is this all <laughs> is this all just a big attempt? to find a scenario so that SC can still fire Clay Helton this year? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? This is probably not going to make anybody happy on this, but, you know, in terms of how things have gone from the start of 2020, at least from a football product, in terms of making what seems like very smart hires, getting recruiting going, I mean, at least there's been some encouraging signs from that. I, I think that the hardest thing... And I, I feel like, you know, we may have talked about this, uh, you know, last winter. One of the big reasons why USC felt like it, it was keeping Clay Helton was the financial challenges of trying to fire Clay Helton, get rid of that staff, then commit to another staff. And you're talking about like $45 million plus to make that move. Well, now what's happened since? We're in a pandemic where finances are all over the place in terms of taps and struggling and I'm not sure if, if you're the leadership at USC, you looked at the landscape and go, hey, there's a coach that we feel a lot more confident leading us than we do Clay Helton. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm actually relatively sure. I don't think they see an apparent answer that, that, that makes them that confident that they would make any kind of move. The, the weird thing in this is, you know, I think they have a pretty good team. You know, I, I know in Keaton Slovis they have a really good quarterback. I don't know if they have a team that's a top, you know, more than a, a fringe top 10 team, but we're probably not going to know that now. So it put everything on hold for a little while. And, you know, look, maybe it gives Clay Helton and his, and his new staff a chance to grow and come together, and we'll see what happens when they do get on the field. But, um, you know, I would not expect a lot of coaching turnover on the carousel this winter like normal just because the money is not going to be there for a lot of these schools. Bruce Feldman, the best in the business at covering college football, Fox Sports, and The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Support journalism, much like we tell you to support the LA Times and support journalism for LZ. Uh, make sure you do it. Bruce, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for taking time for us. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. You got Thanks, it. Sir. There he is, Bruce Feldman with us here. All right, LZ, uh, you and I can kind of chop up uh, some of that and uh, discuss some of that on the back end. Plus, coming up next... Oh, boy. There was drama for your mama in the NBA on the Twitter streets, LZ. We'll get to that in just a second. Don't forget, streaming September 4th, Disney's new movie, Mulan, available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock premiere access. But first, LZ, we'll be back in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. LZ, happy birthday to Red Foo. Why are you laughing? Because Greg doesn't know who he is. Greg That's didn't why. Know who Red Foo is, yes. Really, Laura? This is how you're going to play me today? You played yourself, homie. What? Okay, look, I know who LMFAO is, and I know Party Rock Anthem. I just right. didn't know who Red Foo was. I don't think that's so crazy. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, it's just, I've seen, I'm, I'm just, I'm starting to recognize a pattern here. That's all. <laughs> I, I understood your reference to my microphone check one, two. What is this? I knew that one. I mean, do you know who the other guy of LM, LMFAO is? No, no idea. Do you know who Red Foo's papa is? No, no idea. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. No, who, all right, are you going to tell me who these people are? Or are you just going to make me Google it? Because I can't. Well, oh, the man. other guy is his nephew, I believe. Right, LZ? The guy, the other guy in the group, Sky Blue? The, the, right? He is the nephew. I, yeah, I knew they were. I thought it was either nephew or cousin, I was going to say. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and then his dad is. It, the, it just escapes me right now. But his dad is. Um, ah! I give mm-hmm. you a hint. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. Oh, right! Uh, 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 Barry Gordy! There you go. Yes. See, see, Sedano, unlike Greg, actually pays attention to pop culture. I mean, I pay attention to some, but knowing the name of the guys in LMFAO was not at the top of my list. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's all right. So how old is Mr. Fu? Mr. Fu is 40, what, three, Laura? 45. 45? 45. 45. 45. 45. 45, Mr. Big Fu. tennis fan. He actually tried to play on tour at one yeah. point. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a very good tennis player. When I was huh. calling some matches for World Team Tennis, yeah. he was one of the coaches right. for the teams, and he right. would hit with the players, and he was actually pretty good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I put up a poll uh, during the uh, right before the Bruce Feldman interview about what we were discussing about the uh, – the, the journey, basically, for the Lakers or any of your favorite teams. And I put up a poll that asked, what is a more fulfilling way to win a championship? The path of least resistance or an emotional roller coaster? And currently, emotional roller coaster, now it's early in the proceedings. You can vote at Sedano on Twitter, S-E-D-A-N-O. Uh, 70% of the vote says emotional roller coaster, only 30% path of least resistance. Well, you know why. Why is that? It's 2020. The entire year has been an emotional roller coaster, and because of that, we don't know any better now. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, where are you on this? I can weigh in. I want it. I want drama. My sports need to have a little bit of drama. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's. I think that's a Latin thing, though, George. You know, we like a little Latino. bit of drama. So. Why can't yeah, you just have like some, some salsa and let us have a 20-point blowouts then? Why you got to put your salsa up in our games? Because, <laughs> you know, the salsa makes it picante and it makes exactly. it good. Exactly. Picante. Yeah. Can you say picante? Picante. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Greg. <laughs> picante. Oh, oh, Greg actually said it better than LZ. <laughs> oh, look at yeah. that. Wow. I'm shocked. It's, I was stunned. That's an upset. It's, no, no, no. He can say it. He just can't dance it. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. True. No. I'd rather say it. And by the way, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is the biggest Laker fan out there, okay. said that he wants to crush them all. Okay, great. Don't give them a chance and to dominate. Good so for I go with O'Shea. Good for O'Shea. Yes, I want this to be just like when they crush the Nets. Yeah, good, good for O'Shea. Yep. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of the Nets and drama, uh, mm-hmm. former Net Richard Jefferson uh, put out a tweet yesterday that set NBA Twitter on fire. Okay? He said... All right, fine, I'll say it. Giannis may be Pippen, and he needs a Jordan. Now, Richard, I text him, okay, when he sent that. And I'm like, yo, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but, you know, I just am curious what you mean by that. And he's like, look, Kyrie took the biggest shot of my life, and LeBron was on our team. All I'm saying is, you know, as great as Giannis is, you need a sometimes you need another guy who compliments you. And Jordan and Pippen complimented each other, hence why they had success. Kyrie and LeBron on the floor complimented each other, hence why they had success. LeBron with Wade and Bosh complimented each other, hence why they had success. AD and LeBron compliment each other, hence why they're having success. That was his bigger point. He just didn't discuss it properly, uh, I guess, on Twitter. Um, you know, he was with, with You know, it happens on Twitter all the time. But I don't think he's wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Giannis. I do. Giannis, really? I think he's wrong. Okay, why? 
I think he is excusing the gaps in, in Giannis's game and not really getting to the heart of it. Okay. By saying he needs to find someone else. No, what he needs to find is a jump shot. <laughs> what he needs to find sure. is, is a mid-range game. I don't think... You know, it's a, it's a matter of he's maximized himself and he just isn't good enough. I think he's just far away from maximizing himself. Pip maximized himself. Uh, he did. Pippen did maximize himself. There's no doubt about that. So this thing led to a series of tweets, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jay Williams uh, got involved here and <laughs> – and he tweeted out, hold on, I want to make sure I got this right because uh, LeBron responded to it. Jay Williams said, so LeBron was a, uh, a Pippin with D. Wade once. Nothing wrong with that until you get over the hump. To which LeBron responded, explain to me what the bleep I got to do with this subject matter. I'm over here minding my own damn business preparing for Houston. And by the way, I ain't never been uh, nobody but my damn self. Uh, uh, crown emoji, and then he, uh, you know, said the word for poop uh, <laughs> on the way out with an exclamation point. Man, first of all, Jay was just wrong for that, man. Yeah. On, on like so many levels. So many levels. But I will say this, as good as LeBron's burn was, you know who had the best burn, George? Oh, Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen. Right. He, he wrote to Richard. Um, hold on. I want to make sure I find that one. He hold brought on. a blowtorch to a birthday cake lighting. Yeah. Scottie Pippen wrote to Richard Jefferson. I'm not Giannis. I don't have back-to-back league MVPs. He will in a matter of days. And he's not me. The question is, who were you as a player? To which Richard jokingly said that he was Scottie Burrell. I mean, Richard was clearly way better than Scotty Burrell. He was Burrell. way better than Scotty Burrell. That, uh, but, that is true. But, and, and apparently, um, Richard has reached out, reached out to Scotty because they, you know, we all work together. This is all right. ESPN on ESPN crime on top of all of that. Um, and, uh, and just kind of clarified stuff, you know, and said, look, I just basically said that you guys complimented each other. It wasn't that you were one, you know, that you weren't great. Like, you were a top 50 player of all time. And he has gone on every platform basically to. Uh, discuss that. And, and, and again, I, I'm with you, LZ. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I do think Giannis needs to work on that. But I do think Giannis also needs better teammates. Is that not fair? I, I, don't, I don't think that's fair. I think he has a perfectly good enough roster to get to the finals. If he was better. If he was better. You, should, you can't be a two-time MVP and be self-checked from 18 feet. <laughs> like, like no, not, I, a, I, I not agree, a today's but, NBA. But like, Chris Middleton, dog, is Eddie Jones. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Eric Bledsoe has never been consistent once in his life in a, in a big moment. I do believe LeBron James won a championship with J.R. Smith. That uh, he he dragged, did, but he also had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Gibson. Love. No, he no. Dra- yeah, but he had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Like, let's not make it seem like he just had J.R. Smith. Well, my, my point is, is that, listen, first of all, the Kevin Love thing, stop. All right, we've already talked about this in the past, George. You are not a Kevin Love guy, but Kevin Love had big, big rebound numbers in that series, and they needed – they needed he gave them something. Like, let's not act like, um, you know, rebounds are just a small thing. Pat Riley once said, no rebounds, no rings. This, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. All I know is is that the year they won a championship, Kevin Love didn't give you 10 points in any of the wins, not a single one, not 10 points from any of the wins. So that's the reason why I just kind of snicker whenever you mention Kevin Love in this scenario. He's a very good player. He just wasn't very good when you needed him most in the finals. With that all being said, the truth of the matter is is that LeBron James has always been singular. It's the media that's tried to fit him into a box because it makes it easier to explain to the listeners, to the viewers, and to the readers. But the truth is is that we've never seen anything like LeBron James, and we've been trying to compare him to Magic and Jordan because it's easier in terms of correlating what he is. But what we need to do is start saying the truth, which is there has never been a LeBron James. And I'm not going to say there never will be because that's silly, but I don't see another LeBron James coming right now either. Right. And Giannis, we've never seen before, but he's incomplete. So just because you're a freak of nature 
doesn't mean you're unstoppable. Clearly, he's stoppable because teams are saying, take the jumper. And he's saying, no. And you just can't be compared to Pippen or Jordan if you're self-checked from 17 feet. Oh, I, again, I think both things can be true. How about that is the way I would look at it. All right. All right. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, so how about this? I am Pippen and you're Michael Jordan. How about that? I, I don't know. I don't care. I, I could be whoever. It doesn't make a difference to me. Do you like, want to be uh, Scott Burrell? I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm good with being either top 50 greatest player of all time. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. All right. I will tell you what you, um, what you need to know. That's coming up in two minutes. Stick around. Sedano and LZ. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Time for what you need to know. Soon to be sullied by sponsorship, which is how we like it around here. Ah, nice. Uh, <laughs> LZ, we have an NBA game going on as we speak at mm-hmm. halftime. The Boston Celtics lead 57 to 47. They are up two games to none in the series. Um, you know, Toronto still struggling from three. They are... This has been kind of a strange series for them because they've had the open looks they normally knock down, and they have not been able to knock those down. Pascal Siakam also continues to struggle in foul trouble in this particular game. Um, What are you making of what you're seeing from the Celtics and Raptors? Well, I think that you're looking at a team that is executing the way they're supposed to, and to your point, the shots aren't falling for the Raptors, where you have a Celtics team that's ready. They're ready, man. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this for a year. I see a lot of Kobe and Jason Tatum. We all know that he worked out with Kobe. He's gotten better every single year. And he's ready for this moment, as is, as is Jalen Brown. And when I look at the Raptors team, I see a team that's starting to get shook a little bit, not because they don't believe in themselves, but they're wondering what's going on with our shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, next, we've got Steve Nash to the Brooklyn Nets, you know Steve very well. Are you surprised he decided to step into coaching? No, not at all, because I know him very well. And you spend any time around Steve in his personal life, the guy is a mentor, he's a teacher, he's cerebral, he's easy to get along with. It's so hard to dislike Steve Nash, even if you're an opponent. And so I would think that his time in Golden State is a big reason why Kevin Durant respects respects him. But you talk to anyone in the Golden State Warriors organization, and they'll tell you that he is big into player development, and he knows how to communicate, and that is a big thing that the Nets need in order to complement the talent that they already have in Kyrie and KD. Uh, John Morant, officially named Rookie of the Year. Kendrick Nunn finished second, Zion third. Are you surprised by the order there? I am. Even though Zion only played 10 games, I still thought that he was going to get enough votes to finish second. But give credit to Nunn, give credit to the Miami Heat for changing the narrative in the terms of what the draft class is. Would this have been the order if Zion had been healthy? Who knows? Because I think what John Morant did with Memphis is crazy. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah, and he's put on weight um, from the restart to the bubble, and he looked even better in the bubble, I thought, which yeah. was kind of wild. Um, last one for you, Cam Newton. Shocker, named the starter in New England. So who were the people who thought there was a competition? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please raise your hand. Are you the same people that said that Portland was going to beat the Lakers? Yeah, 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 Ridiculous. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, no, no one thought in real in real life that there was a competition there, but no, you one know, person it, did. Price Stidman, he probably thought. Yeah, the Stidham and their and the Stidham family. Uh, I would yeah. say, yes, it's probably. But not dad. Dad knew better. Yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, all right, that is what you need to know, LZ. I know you have to step away for a second, and you will be back momentarily. So uh, we will chat with you in a second. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I do want to get to something. Yes, from yesterday. Uh, Bergman, the Dodgers, 
So there's two things. We've got one Manny Machado talking smack, which I'll get to in a second. Okay, Manny Machado of the Padres, former Dodger, talking smack. Okay, so we will have that for you in a second. But that here's guy. the thing, Greg Bergman, Laura, you are a huge baseball fan, much like Greg Bergman, and I think of all. Remember, we were talking a lot before uh, we moved to uh, the afternoons when we were doing the midday show about all the rules, the new rules that will be in place during this particular baseball season in the 60-game sprint or whatever. And one of the rules I wasn't too keen on because I thought it was a little gimmicky, even though I do think extra innings takes too long, was the runner on second base, okay? I'm going to say this. After watching whatever it's been, you know, 30, 40 games, whatever it's been now, it's grown on me. I absolutely like it. I was watching that Dodger game yesterday, and I'm like, I like it. I I think this should be a thing moving forward. Bergman, go ahead. State your case. Be grumpy. Be old. Be a curmudgeon. Tell me why you don't like it. You know, I am a guy that loves old school baseball. This is just – I can't even do it. I love it. I think it's great. Really? I, I, I love no it. No way. I, I think that it makes the game so much more fun. It doesn't even have to go short. The Dodgers have gone to a 15 innings despite having that runner on second base. It makes the game better. I want it to stay. I like it. Wow. I'm stunned. I thought you were going to argue with me. You were going to fight with me. <laughs> I didn't even bring it up before in the, earlier in the day because I wanted to see how angry you would get at me. Um, Laura, are you stunned that Greg Bergman, who is rigid as rigid could be, mm. okay, um, he is like a uh, – Come on like, He's dancing. Rigid. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> oh, – he's, he's so rigid, he's like a saw. We're gonna, that should be your nickname, Greg the Saw Bergman. Hey, um, sounds good. I like that. Yeah, that. That, it does make you tougher than you should be, to be honest with you. Um, exactly. But, uh, Laura, are you surprised that Greg the Saw Bergman, Mr. Rigidity, uh, likes the extra innings rule? I was so ready to jump on him and be mad and argue with him. And then he agrees with what I wanted to say. So, yeah, I'm super stunned. I'm like, come on, Greg. Do you like it, Laura? Do I you do. Like the yeah. Yeah. I also think it brings a tactical aspect to it, right? Like we saw yesterday, right, like dropping down a bunt. We don't really see that kind of stuff mm -hmm. all that often anymore. So I, because the game has become so reliant upon walks and, you know, hits and, you know, things like that. So, you know, less of the small ball and the tactical parts of the game. So I'm curious. I want to open it up to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. Has the extra inning rule grown on you? Because that one, I think, Greg, is it fair to say that when we talk to people you know, before the season started, that was the one that met the most resistance. Absolutely. I think Tim Kirchin was on. He was like, ah, I don't really like this one. Most of the pitchers don't like this one. Kenley Jansen said that he didn't like this rule either. But it's just, it's worked out really, really well. And I think I'm, it's going to be hard for you to find somebody, I think, that actually doesn't like this new rule. Well, I mean, it's fine if they, if they don't like it. I'd sure. like to hear from them too. But I would like to hear someone like me and you who was anti the rule, right, and kind of has been watching, you know, over 35, 40 games or whatever, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like it now. Like, it has absolutely grown on me. Now, are there any of the other rules that have grown on you? Yeah, I mean, there's the three-pitcher or the three-batter minimum rule with the relief pitchers. I'm still not a huge fan of it, but I haven't really noticed it. Yeah. I mean, for the only time I've noticed it is when the Dodgers start beating up on a reliever and they can't right. take him out of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, just that's just helpful because the Dodgers are so good. Yeah. But, no, I, I've been fine with everything. I really thought I was going to have problems. Yeah. But I've just been enjoying baseball. Yeah, it, it has been interesting. I, 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 I like that. Speaking of liking things, and this, this goes back to – young George Sedano uh, when he used to ride his bike uh, as a kid to go get stuff. Um, sorry, Laura. Mm -hmm. uh, Need the Wayback so, music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Laura. I didn't mean to bring that up like, uh, like on purpose. That was just because I saw this commercial. Um, Little Caesars. Now, look, I didn't grow up in an affluent family. So Little Caesars was part of our deal, okay? And there used to be a Little Caesars like seven or eight blocks from my house when I was growing up as a kid. And I used to ride my bike there all the time and buy crazy bread uh, because it was 99 cents. It was a dollar and, you know, I don't know, I was 12, whatever, 13. You, just, you eat bread, right? Bread works. It's got garlic. It's got cheese on it. I'm in. Um, and butter, plenty of butter. 
I saw that Little Caesars now has this thing called like uh, slices and sticks where half of it is a pizza and the other half is cheesy crazy bread. And the 12-year-old in me just said, I think I need to go buy that, even though it probably won't taste great. Um, but I just feel like I need that to just go a little throwback into my life right now. Right. I mean, look, Little Caesars isn't the best pizza that you can possibly get. But but it's not terrible. Five bucks, no, it's not terrible. It's five bucks. Crazy Bread it's, is pretty it, good. Yeah. It, it, crazy Bread <laughs> is the best value we have in America. Oh, yeah. And, like the cheese on it, it actually it works out fine. You just walk in. I mean, you just take one. You get hot and ready. You're out the door. I mean, for five no bucks, you can't expect a lot for a pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you can't expect the gourmet stuff. Okay, Laura, are you? Where are you on Little Caesars growing up? I mean, we weren't rich, so that was the cheapest thing you got. So that's yeah, where you went. But right now, right. you get Domino's for like five bucks. So right, you could get better stuff potentially. I mean, Domino's Domino's has actually gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, they did, you know, I know they've done this whole campaign of we're not the old Domino's, and they are right. It is actually a lot better than I thought it was, um, that it was going to be. Uh, now, Manny Machado, let me get to Manny Machado talking smack, and we'll get to the phones at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. So Manny Machado was asked about kind of the new revamped San Diego Padres, the gutty little Padres, Greg Bergman. And he said, when asked about the Dodgers and the potential competition between the two, he says, it's their division, but we are definitely coming. And look, man, Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Chris Paddock, uh, they have the nucleus and the farm system. Um, and Machado, obviously, is part of that nucleus. They add Clevenger. They've added all these guys. Like I, Even you have to, uh, have to say to yourself, okay, they're – probably the second best team in the National League now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably. But, I mean, the National League just in general isn't all that great. So, sure. It's really the Dodgers and everybody else. So, I mean, they're the... You're so they're dismissive. The, they're just they're dismissive. The, they're, they're the best there he of is. the worst the dis behind the, the, the dismisser. The the He's back. That's who they are. They're the best of the worst of the bunch. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to put that. The yes, dismissal. Are they coming? When they're when are they coming? Are they coming this year? Are they coming in five years from now? When no, is, they're not coming in actually... five years. Okay, Laura, are years. you not at least a two little years? afraid of the Padres in a short series? No, not in the slightest. Laura? Okay. The Padres itself, no. Tatis, a little bit, but that's that's just one player. Not the entire club. Right. I'm that's... not I'm not afraid of the pitching staff. Mm-mm. I'm not afraid of Manny Machado, uh -uh. that's for sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was super dripped in, like, hatred when you said it like that. You even, like, you, you like, like, you stretched out his name, Manny Machado. Like, it was just, like, it was so dismissive. Well, like, I mean, did you watch Manny Machado in the in the playoffs for the Dodgers and in the I, World you, Series I, for the Dodgers? It was, it was pretty ideal. terrible. Mm -hmm. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't yeah. ideal. I get Blowing it. Blowing a bubble as he's going to first base and then kicking people in the feet? Like, come on now. This guy is not somebody that we're looking out for. We right, but, but now he's on a team where he's got a guy who can be the face of the team, right. and he doesn't have to be that guy. So that takes away from who he is just in general. He was the guy that came over to the Dodgers and said, I need, I'm a shortstop. I'm going to be a shortstop no matter what. I'm going to be the shortstop next year. And now look at him. He's playing third for San Diego because that's who he is. Well, because Fernando Tatis Jr. is probably the third best player in the sport. Right. Uh, sure. But that's just showing that he is the third best. Uh, he's really good this year. I'm not going to call him the third best player in the sport right now. Come on now. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think Fernando Tatis Jr. could be the third best player in the sport? Eventually, yeah. Betts and Mike Trout? I think he's I think he's having a phenomenal year this year, and he's one of the best players this year. He is not the third best player in the sport. He's having a good year. He needs to do it a little bit longer than just, the, what are we, in like 30 games? Wait, you were anointing Cody Bellinger after seven minutes. Well, I didn't know. Whoa. Never did that happen. I think Cody Bellinger had a phenomenal year last year, but Cody Bellinger was also rookie of the year and then he was an MVP and he went to two World Series. Well, but Fernando, what has Fernando Tatis, Tatis Jr. done? Came he came up with like I don't know 30 games or whatever it was. Like he, he wasn't even qualified to, sure. to be rookie of the year. Yeah, and but, okay, fine. But now Cody Bellinger is still not one of the best players. He's not top 3 best player in baseball. He's up there. He's getting better and he's going to be a top 5 player of all of not of, maybe not of all time, but of the of this genre. How much of this has to do with just your you believe the inferiority of San Diego? 
Look, there is an inferiority to San Diego. That's no, true. No, and, and, <laughs> and listen, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, the, the, the L.A. teams have owned San Diego. I get that. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But I, I feel like the, it clouds your judgment a little bit on some things. I think that you just want it to cloud my judgment. The difference is I'm not saying that Fernando Tatis Jr. is not a phenomenal ball player. I think he is fantastic, and he's been incredible this year, hitting grand slams, stealing bases. He's been one of the best players in baseball this year. He is not a top three baseball player right now, overall. This that's, season. That's too soon. The way, this season, fine, yeah. Where, a, okay, the then that makes him a top season. three player. No, 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 no. He's it's only been, been around talking, for this season and like a little tiny bit of last. in 30 games. I'm not calling him a top three player of all time through 38 games. I'm sorry, George. Way too soon. Way too soon. No, I didn't say no. all time. That's not no, what no, I'm I not, said. I'm not saying all time either. I'm just talking about in, in the you game You just of said baseball. all time a second no, ago. I'm saying in the game of baseball right now, the players that are all playing right now, I'm not saying a guy how many guys are you taking games? ahead of him right now right now you're talking Ev everyday players how many are you taking ahead of him uh everyday players um i mean it just depends i, I would i'm taking mike trout i'm taking mookie mookie, Betts. mookie taking, Betts and mike I am, trout i am taking um uh, i am taking cody bellinger mm. over him and there's gonna be guys in other other places too like even guys like um you know ronald acuna jr has been around a little bit longer and has and he's a really ronald good acuna jr too. maybe i'll give you yeah, Juan Soto, I'm probably taking him Maybe, over that. maybe. An Anthony Rendon, I'll probably take him no. over that too. Because Anthony Rendon was fantastic last was. year. Was. And, and he's been good this year too. There's guys that are out there that are just as good, if not better, than, than overall in their, in their career than the guy that's only played 28, 38 games, whatever it happens to be. You know I'm what sorry. I, you, know what I, well, you know what I missed, Laura? Is getting Greg Bergman this riled up. <laughs> Uh, Noah is in West Covina. What's up, Noah? Hey, guys. Uh, okay, so what about the Padres? The, the, Padre, the Padres, they, I know a lot of people from San Diego, and they got a good fan base. And so as far as uh, Manny Machado talking trash, I don't know, man. I think he's just doing – he's getting paid a lot. He needs, to, he needs to rally people down there to, to, to watch baseball. I, I don't think we're going to be, though, I don't think we're, they're, like, coming up, you know. We might, I, it's the same, as it's not as bad as the Giants or the Angels, you know, the Dodger rival over that. And then we got to include San Diego, too, on top of it. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are not good, right? So that doesn't help the cause, you know. And I appreciate the call, Noah. Thank you for calling. Stay healthy, stay safe. Um, but the Padres are, are a real threat, is all I'm saying. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. But I'm just saying, like, in a short series, crazy crap happens in baseball all the time. Let's go to Edgar in Pasadena. What's up, Edgar? Hey, what's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, buddy. I appreciate it for the call. Hey, I just want to weigh in. Um, I wasn't really a big fan with that uh, extra inning with the guy on second, but uh, I'm going to admit I like it, too. Oh, wow. Kind of there you that. go. Yeah. I Listen, it goes to show you that people yeah. aren't as rigid as Gre – even rigid oh, Greg yeah. Bergman it likes it now. Yeah, me too. And then, first of all, you know, the Padres, you know, I'm not really that worried about them. They're really got no chance against the L.A. Dodgers this year unless they okay. got like a magic wand or something. Okay. But it's going to be Lakers this year and Dodgers, baby, all the way. All right, Edgar, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Edgar in Pasadena drops off, opens it up for you at 877-710-ESPN. Stay healthy, stay safe, Edgar. All right, coming up next, a former Laker. Ripping the organization. Plus, we'll get into Lakers-Rockets uh, in just a moment. Keyshawn is going to join us at 5.30. We'll be back in two minutes.